You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with assurity that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me again on the Recovering Faith Podcast. Today's discussion is about five false doctrines that Christians should not fall for. And in today's day and age, it's pretty prevalent to see false doctrines everywhere. Uh, Even a lot of mainstream churches and a lot of mainstream uh, Christian music has false doctrines in it. And I'm not going to call out any specific church or any specific uh, musical group uh, right now, but I am going to talk about five specific um, doctrines that may sound Christian but actually aren't that are sometimes being spread in popular Christianity today. And sometimes these, uh, these lies, there's a partial truth to it. And a lot of the time, a partial lie is more dangerous and damaging than an outright lie because the partial truth makes the lie seem more believable. But we always need to use the Bible as our guide. And remember, as like when I was in college, I had a professor uh, tell all the students before all the tests that when you're reading the question and then you read the answer, And if there's an answer, if any part of that answer is not right, is not true, then you know the whole answer is a lie, and you can just know that that's not the correct answer. Well, that's the same thing with with any kind of doctrine. If part of the doctrine isn't true or part of the doctrine isn't in line with the Bible, then don't believe it because the Bible is the guide. But... And as I say, partial lies or partial truths are are easier to believe than outright lies. And the devil doesn't need to make people believe outrageous or profane heresies or blasphemies. He's perfectly happy to have us believe a small lie about doctrine if it keeps us from salvation. And... From the beginning of time, or at least since the beginning of humanity, there have been false teachers and false prophets and all sorts of people who either intentionally or through confusion or misunderstanding who have sought to mislead people or lead people away from God. And as I said, false prophets or false teachers isn't a new thing. And Jesus even warned his disciples and warned us through the, through the Bible. He warned us that of those false teachers. It says in Matthew seven fifteen, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And the, thing, the reason he used the imagery of a wolf is that, see, if, if you're a sheep and another sheep comes up to you and it looks like a sheep, you think they're your friend but they're actually wanting to devour you and destroy you. And that's even if these people that are preaching false doctrines, even if that's not their goal, 
it is definitely the devil's goal because he wants you to believe these false uh, doctrines. And also, also Paul, the apostle, also warned also warned about uh, following these false gospels. And in the book of Galatians, in uh, verses 6 through 10, he, Peter talks, not Paul, I don't know why I said Paul, I meant Peter, but Peter talks about how these churches that they'd set up, some of them started going astray, and he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If we were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so, when he talks about this, he's telling them that it didn't matter how appealing it sounds or who tells it to you. If there's anything, any gospel that you're taught that is not in line with the Bible, then it's another gospel and it is not of God. And then he talks about how he's not trying to please man. And of course, if you're actually preaching the gospel of Christ, you see that's not really a popular thing. And in a lot of circumstances, just being a believer of Christ will have people label you as a, as a bigot or all kinds of uh, unflattering things. And, and there's the sad that there's a lot of churches today that are moving on that trend and they are teaching these false doctrines and one of the prevalent false doctrines that that's being taught today is the doctrine of permissive grace or cheap grace as i like to call it and basically that is that because we are saved by grace we can do anything we want because God's already forgiven us for it, and so it's no big deal. And I talked in great deal about this in a previous podcast episode. I th- think it was called, uh, if, I'm, if we're saved by grace, why can't we do whatever we want? And I encourage you to go back and check that one out, but just briefly cover that here. The uh, To say that you were saved by grace and we can do whatever we want, that is actually... A perversion of the gospel. Uh, yes, we are saved by grace, and there's nothing that we can add to our salvation. It was all paid for on the cross. However, in order for us to be followers of Christ, that means that we're changed creatures and we're born again, and that we no longer have the desire to uh, live like the world. And so, if we are trying to, if we are just giving God lip service, but we don't actually try to follow any of his commandments and we just do whatever and think we're going to be forgiven. That's not the gospel. And Paul said in 
He said in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, he said, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism unto death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may live a new life. And actually, we read a little bit farther. He says, For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be, be united with him in resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that a body rolled by sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not suffer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument for righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. And so, yeah, so also, not only is that not the gospel to believe that, yeah, you can just do whatever you want because you're saved by grace. The other thing is, is that it's completely disrespectful. Um, an example that I had used in a previous podcast is that imagine there was some, a kid who went on a sleepover to his friend's house. And this kid thought it would be a good idea. They're throwing a ball around and broke this big saltwater aquarium. And there's hundreds of gallons of water on the on the carpet, and there's fish flopping around and gasping for air, and and then kid realized, oh, you know, I don't really have to worry about this because my parents are going to clean it up, and so instead of just trying to help clean up, he decides, well, my parents are going to clean it up anyway, so he goes and just pours his drink out as a is Kool-Aid or whatever he's drinking out on the floor. That's basically the height of disrespect. So now the second, uh, the second lie that Christians shouldn't fall for that is commonly taught is actually the complete exact opposite of cheap grace, and that is legalism, which basically is the idea that what Jesus did isn't enough to save us and that we have to add to our salvation by doing specific works and specific things and that if we don't do specific things or specific works or specific ordinances or pray a specific number of times or uh, that we can't be saved and that is actually completely wrong as well and as it says in Ephesians 2 8 through 10 
For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiworks, created in God's in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so, yes, when we are born again and we're changed, then because we are saved, we want to do we want to be better people and we change and we do good works. But we can't even take credit for those good works because those good works were prepared in advance by God for us to do. So we can't even take credit for that. And so we aren't saved by anything we can do. We are saved because of the grace of God. So there was this two things, opposite things, but are commonly taught that because we are saved by grace, we can do whatever we want. And the other thing is legalism, which is that uh, we basically save ourselves. And if you heard my chair squeak, and I apologize, I've been trying to find a chair that doesn't squeak, but I have not had much luck. So anyhow, moving on. The third lie that is commonly taught in popular Christianity is that you are enough. And it usually goes something like this that you should just be happy with yourself, that God loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want you to change because you are enough the way you are. And that's one of those things that is, has some partial truth to it. God does love you just the way you are. But there's a caveat to that. He loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants you to change and be more like him. And, of course... When you say that we're enough, it cheapens what Jesus did on our behalf. We're not enough. We'll never be enough. Our best works are like filthy rags, as Isaiah says. And so, if we were enough, then Jesus would not have had to die to save us. Uh, we would have been able to save ourselves without Jesus, but that's not the case. Jesus died for us because we're not enough and we'll never be enough. But Jesus is enough. So, uh, and I think a lot of that is that this doctrine is that taught that we're enough is that they want people to f feel better about themselves and instead of changing their sinful life, they want them to feel good about themselves while they're living in sin. And that's definitely not the gospel and that's not something that Jesus, can, that God condones. Uh, God's always... Uh, he always talked about sin, sin's talked about in the Bible, that you know, it's not something that pleases God. So we're not enough, and God's not pleased with our sins. Which leads us to uh, the fourth prominent lie that's taught in popular Christianity, and that is of evolving Christianity. And the argument typically goes that, well, times change, and things evolve, and therefore the gospel, of, the gospel has to evolve as well, and a lot of these things in the Bible are outdated. But God never changes, and neither does his gospel. And if a church teaches anything that is against the Bible, then they are teaching false doctrine. The Bible is always, is always and will always be the word of God and the will of God. And even when society sharply disagrees with it, it's still the Word of God. 
And there are a there are actually quite a few verses in the Bible that talks about God never changing. Uh, Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi three six, for I am for I the Lord do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. James one seventeen, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shadow due to change. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Isaiah 48. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Samuel 15.29. And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not man that he should have regret. Hebrews 6.18, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have fled for refuge, might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And there's still lots and lots more verses about God never changing. That's just a few of them I read. So God never changes, and his gospel never changes. But what happens is, a lot of these churches, instead of standing firm, and teaching the Bible. They want to appear to be woke or socially relevant or politically correct or whatever they and and instead of standing up to the world and boldly proclaiming the word of God, they cower to the world and water down the word of God. And that's why a lot of churches today they won't talk about sin, especially specific sins. They just talk about, teach a feel-good message that, oh, Jesus loves you the way you are, and you're enough, and, and they teach that, well, this, uh, this thing used to be a sin, but, you know, it, God's okay with it now. And that's not the way it is at all. A lot of churches are afraid of offending people, and that's why they don't talk about sin, or, or they're afraid that people won't give them money if they talk about their particular sin or they're afraid that uh, they will be judged harshly by the world. They, uh, in fact, there's even been talk of, um, in the Democratic debate for, for uh, president, in the, in the, uh, one of the candidates had even talked about how uh, churches that, don't, that aren't willing to perform same-sex marriages would lose their tax uh, their tax benefits and uh, if he had his way and and that's I think what a lot of churches are afraid of they're afraid that if they don't cower to the world and do what the world says that that they'll be punished and they would rather just do whatever the world teaches and but the thing is it is much better to stand with God and be judged by the world than it is to stand with the world and be judged by God and I firmly think that any church that teach, that uh, is afraid to teach the word of God and they teach that uh, that calls evil good and good evil that they're that they will be judged by God when at some point. And probably I think the last one I'm going to talk about tonight, as far as uh, is. And I could have a whole episode dedicated to it, and I might someday, but 
the other, the last lie I want to talk about here is is social justice. And basically, social justice is that certain people, that people are awarded oppression points. Uh, if you're a certain minority, you get an X number of oppression points, and then if you're um, female on top of that, you get oppression points, or you know, so forth and so on. And there, and if you're poor, you get oppression points. And there is a reason why Lady Liberty is wearing a blindfold. The Bible is very clear on it that uh, biblical justice is not social justice. Biblical justice, the Bible teaches us that that we're not supposed to favor the rich or favor the poor in court cases. See, according to biblical justice, if a rich person is accused of a crime, we should not assume that they're guilty because they're rich. But at the same time, we shouldn't assume they're innocent because they're rich. We shouldn't give them uh, being rich or poor or anything else should not give you any kind of uh, special privileges. Justice is that the true justice, which is biblical justice, is that you look at the facts, you look at what the person did, and not what group they came from or anything like that, and and, and everybody's treated fairly. And so social justice, instead of saying, well, uh, you did this crime and therefore you should do this amount of time, they say, well, you did this crime, but because you are from this group, you do less time, or, well, you're accused of doing this time, but because you're of this specific group, we're just going to assume you did it. And that is, that is absolutely not biblical justice. It's absolutely not even fair in any way, shape, or form. And so these, those are some of the things that are some of the popular lies that are being taught in the guise of Christianity today. And there are a lot of Christians that are falling for them. And actually, you know, I'm going to talk about one other one real quick because I heard it in a song on the radio recently and I just want to touch base on it. And... I don't remember what the name of the song was, but basically this the song talks about how basically makes it sound like it is God it was God's will that this that he sinned because if it wasn't for all the sin that he committed that he would never really truly know God's love. And I can tell you God did not want us to sin. It it was it was because we fell victim to the sinful lust of the flesh that we sin. We can in no way blame God for our sins. God did not want us to sin. He does not justify us in sinning. And we could completely and fully know God's love without committing whatever sin was in question. It's not God's plan for us to sin. It's the devil's plan. And we shouldn't we shouldn't make light of sin or justify it, and we shouldn't try to in any way attribute it to God because that's just that's just not right. That's false doctrine. And yeah, that's that is um, 
basically it for this episode. Uh, I know I have been to a number of churches that teach false doctrine, and as many of you know, before I came to true Christianity, I was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or the Mormon Church, and of course they are far, far from being true Christianity for a lot of reasons, and if you're interested in that, you can go back and listen to some of my previous episodes that were about the church, but but it's really important that we take that we every claim that we hear, that we test it against the Bible, and we don't say, well, this sounds good, so it's got to be true, or society agrees with this, so it's got to be true. Judge everything based on the Bible, because the Bible is the standard that we have to go for. The Bible is the Word of God. Um, again, I want to thank you for listening, and if you haven't already, please go to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a rating and a review. I would certainly appreciate it, and it would help other people to find the show because uh, the more ratings, especially the more positive ratings a show on iTunes get, the higher they rank it and the easier it is for people to find. So I would appreciate it, and it would help people to find it. And if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, don't hesitate to contact me. And you can you can find me on Twitter at Gene Curl, or you can go to my website, GeneCurl.com, and you can go to the contact page and send me an email. Uh, thanks for again for listening, and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.